White Sox! White Sox! Go! 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 Call your sons! Call your daughters! Holy cow! Carlton Fred has put the White Sox ahead! There goes number 400! The Big Fred Barry takes a perfect game! His second no-hitter! You can't put it on the board! Yeah! Can it go? Grand Slam! The White Sox winner and a World Championship! Have all the fun you want, Tim Anderson! This one is... Locked on socks. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey. And the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Socks podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Socks. I am Herb Lawrence. That is Chris Tannehill, and you heard from my man, Jim Tomey. Thank you for the great intro, Jim Tomey. Tanny, do uh, you want to mind telling how the we got Jim Tomey to be on the Locked on Socks podcast network? Uh, well, I guess you can call it him being on the uh, podcast, but yeah. Jim is here with me in my basement right now. He's gonna stay here. He'll <laughs> he'll be here for every episode. Um, you know, he's, just he's, uh, he's like the gimp. I'll just tap him on the shoulder, and he'll come and he'll <laughs> he'll voice the uh, end of the intro there for us every week. So it's very nice of Jim to do that for us. But now, uh, so you know, the score's been been in Arizona all week for Scorehouse and spring training, and on Tuesday we were in Glendale. I wasn't in Glendale, but the station was for White Sox spring training. They could not have been more hospitable. Many great guests we had on from the Sox, Rick Hahn, Eloy Jimenez, Aaron Bummer, uh, Tim Anderson was on there, Danny Mendick, and Michael Kopech. And then we had Jim Tomey up in the booth with us in the broadcast booth, and he did a nice interview talking about the state of the Sox. As people may or may not know, he's a, uh, I guess, team ambassador, scout, just all-encompassing you know, Sox things. That's what Jim Tomey's responsible for. So he came up to the booth. Gave us a great interview, and then uh, my guy Danny Parkins uh, asked for a for a for a drop for the program. So that was very very nice of him, and it's very cool to hear Jim Tomey uh, say our names there at the beginning of the uh, podcast. So I think I think I think that one's here to stay. I, I hope Bill Walton does another game this year, but for now, Jim Tomey's here to stay. Maybe we'll add some. Maybe we won't. We'll just see where it goes. But yeah, so I'll just tap Jim on the shoulder on next episode. So. And if the folks who are listening right now want to go where the score is at right now, not scorehouse necessarily, but Arizona, tell the folks how they can do that. Absolutely. Locked on Sox listeners support of this podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Arizona Office of Tourism. This spring, you can follow the White Sox or whoever your favorite team might be to beautiful Arizona, home of Cactus League Baseball. In Arizona, they've got so much to offer, home of 10 stadiums, 15 major league teams, and of course, those wonderful 75-degree temperatures. We were watching a little bit of the uh, Sox and Brewers today. They were playing in uh, Phoenix, a beautiful ballpark there that the Brewers have. Um, They're saying we might get one last little batch of snow this weekend. I'm hoping that's not the case, but you know, you still got plenty of time to ditch this weather here in the Midwest and head out and see the White Sox play in beautiful Arizona. Cactus League action may be the best chance you and you maybe your kids have uh, the rest of the season to interact with your favorite players and teams up close and personal uh, the entire season. So there's no better time to do that than seeing your favorite teams play in Cactus League action. Maybe you're like my wife and I looking for a nice weekend getaway somewhere. 
get you know ditch this weather get to someplace warm Arizona's great for that it's got many great restaurants some of which I've sampled myself uh, when I was out there a couple years back there's also several amazing craft breweries that I enjoy very much Four Peaks Goldwater and so many more and if you got live music forget it AZ they got you covered with some of the best venues to keep the entertainment flowing even after that final out is recorded and if the outdoors are your thing Arizona is home to the Grand Canyon of course definitely on my bucket list of things to see but that's not all you've got monument valley horseshoe bend and of course tucson as well time is running out season starts in a few weeks here so don't waste another second get out to arizona see the Sox or whoever your favorite team is play in the cactus league and you can do that plan your spring training getaway now at visit arizona.com slash spring training all right herbie episode 28 tonight what do you got I do not have anything. I am perplexed on episode number 28. The first person that literally comes to my head, I don't even know if he is 28, is Craig Wilson. You know, former yeah. White Sox, like, like toolsy, fifth infielder, four, uh, fourth outfielder guy. Yeah, but Craig I'm Wilson's sure a 28. Yeah, he's a 28 guy. I'm sure there's better options at 28. Oof. But when 28 comes to mind, I'm like, I don't remember any. Oof, yeah, not, for him. not great. I mean, people would probably say I never saw the man pitch, but the old heads out there will probably tell you Wilbur Wood, probably the greatest twenty-eight. Um, I remember Joey Cora rocking the twenty-eight oh, back in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Trace Thompson, of course, uh, he of the you know potential thirty home run a year pop, <laughs> as Hawk said. Uh, uh, f- former and future White Sox, Trace Thompson. Yes, exactly. He'll come back for his third time. Of course, uh, Dwayne Wise. We talked about him recently on the podcast. That you know the Sox got a home run from Dwayne Wise in a playoff game and still managed to lose that game. So go well, was figure. that that was like second time Dwayne Wise? Because I remember him being a different number, like. Oh, you're 30. right. You're right. Yeah, that is that's 2012, 2013. Dwayne Wise. Yeah, that's right. So it's not even the same guy. This guy was a piece of garbage. 2012, 2013. <laughs> it was, was like, the, hey, yeah, come back. <laughs> the other guy was great, but this guy is terrible. Um, so sadly, oh, oh, I got one more for you, Lyle Mouton. Oh, <laughs> Lyle Mouton. He was like Carlos Lee before Carlos Lee. But not as good. Yeah, Louisiana kid. I think he went to LSU. He like looked great in a baseball uniform. You saw this guy, like, oh man, they'll put this guy in between, you know, Frank and Robin in the order. And oh man, they, they got they got a problem for the next decade. He just he just looked the part. I think he was like six four, two twenty five, something like that. And I remember opening day nineteen ninety six, my mom took me to the Sox game and uh Got an autograph from Lyle Mouton, and I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be gold right here." I, I still have the base, the uh, baseball somewhere, probably in my parents' basement at home. But I'll, I'll find that. We'll post a picture to the Locked On Sox Twitter account. That's at Locked On Sox. But I think where we're going here with twenty eight, it's funny, but Leori Garcia, twenty thirteen to current, pretty long tenure. And when you think about mm-hmm. Leori. You know, solid player, you know, he's, he's, he's nice to have. He has a nice role on the current team. And you think about where he came from. You know, the Sox acquired him for Alex Rios, I believe. And he's had a pretty decent White Sox career for, for what his role is and what they gave up to get him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is really sad that Larry Garcia gets an episode name. <laughs> I'm of the thing where I might, you know, go 29 and then find a one that was underlooked and then just do, you know, 29 minus one or 30 minus two. 
Because, goodness gracious, Lurie Garcia. Absolutely Ugh. not. Do not besmirch Lurie Legend on this podcast, please. <laughs> Plus, if you guys have noticed out there, I have started to post GIFs of the of the players. So I've tried to challenge myself. And, and you can actually find GIFs of Lurie Garcia because he played in the modern era in the internet age. So we're gonna. I think we're going to ride with Lurie. And who Is could, he just bunting or something like that? Uh, no, I think he's probably just like cheering someone else doing something great. <laughs> Larry Garcia led the American League in sacrifice hits last year. Well, there you have it. We have a we have a league leader. That's it, Leori. Uh, congr- congratulations, Leori Garcia. You've got your own podcast name. Uh, uh, so uh, that so that's that. Sorry, Wilbur Wood, but I couldn't find any uh, gifts of you. So I'm sure there's not people who listen to this that have ever seen Wilbur Wood. No, if you are. Seriously. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I got I got my dad and all his buddies there. They're starting to, to come around on the podcast, so we're gonna have the old head contingent, you know, talking to us about hey Wilbur Wood. He could really throw that knuckleball or whatever he hey, was throwing that out knuckler, there. He used to strike everybody out. <laughs> all right, so tonight we're gonna talk about Dallas Keuchel uh, making his White Sox debut and a couple other spring training things we'll get to. But where do we start other than Dallas Keuchel spends 125 k on a White Sox team dinner? Not just for his teammates, but for front office staff, uh, administrative staff. Uh, I think, you know, f- family was in there. This is a pretty big dinner tab, Herbie. Yeah, that's a lot of money. I'm looking, uh, I mean, it's a steakhouse, right? This place that he took the uh, White Sox staff to? Yeah, I think I it was. Mean, I think Rick Hahn said it was Fleming's when he was on uh, on the show earlier this week. Yeah. I mean, the guy has a couple dollars, but, you know, there's a lot of people who have a lot of money. Asmani Grandal just signed the highest uh, contract in the history of White Sox. So, you know, a person like he him could take the team out, but the fact that is Dallas Keiko who wants to ingratiate himself to his new teammates and show him, hey, this is how we do it uh, where I'm from. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the team. We'll come together and be some and have some team building. Nothing can be bad about this. And I love everything about what Dallas Keiko's about, except for him celebrating that 2017 championship he could take that and throw that shit in the uh, trash because that's where exactly where it belongs he could leave that for uh, a tip for the wait staff uh, at Fleming's and is, yeah it's nice that he can you know get out there and say this is how we do it Montel Jordan was also at the dinner apparently <laughs> saying this is how we do it on an unrelated note um, I got I was at the dinner Herb did I tell you that I, I was, oh, he, yeah I was there I, yeah I was at there I was, I, you know, I wasn't that hungry. I, I just, I just got a salad. <laughs> He's like, so, Thank you. I'll just take a salad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Bob Nightingale writes USA Today. Undoubtedly, they'll never forget the evening, particularly with the toast given by Keiko's mother Teresa. That's comma mother, mother comma Teresa, <laughs> not mother Teresa. She welcomed everyone, brought up the White Sox lofty expectations, raised her glass, and then brought the house down with quote. Playoffs or die, expletive. Um, now, we're assuming it's bitches, right? Playoffs or die, bitches. I mean, I mean other ones that make sense are motherfuckers. But <laughs> I hope yeah, it's that. I really wish it's or that. Or fuckers. But, yeah, bitches would work perfectly there. But it would be funny if uh, the lady from Calcutta, the, the nun from Calcutta, Mother Teresa, was saying playoffs or die, bitches. That would, I would be, be in there. Yeah. Or, so, or, 
or Robin, the singer, saying Kanichiwa bitches. <laughs> exactly. How, but how much do we love Teresa Keichel? Get, for some reason, she felt compelled to make the toast at the dinner. I guess, man, whatever, whatever floats your boat. But I'm, I'm digging Teresa Keichel. If she, she can be like, you know, if she's the tone setter. You know, I like that this year. Playoffs or die, bitches. I, I'm, I'm with her. I'm with her. Quite frankly, got a great group of mothers, wives, girlfriends. Who support this team. I mean, there's no more ride or die than Ashley Rodon. She will go to bat for her husband. Anybody talking any of trash, she will pull their collar. How about uh, I mean, uh, Ashley Rodon, by the way, if you don't know, uh, you don't follow Ashley Rodon on Twitter, she will post screen grabs of, of missed uh, strike calls against her husband, Carlos, and she'll you know just put it out there for you so you can see how bad the umpires are doing uh, every fifth day during a Carlos Rodon start. It's one of my favorite things of over the course of the rebuild. It's like there's not mm-hmm. a lot of things to watch for, but one of the things you can watch for is that during a Carlos Rodon start, Ashley caping for her man. So I, I appreciate the, the loyalty right there. I mean, Lindsay Frost, of course, uh, Lucas Giolito's mom, actress, and a lot of soap operas back in the day. She's a ride or die for her son. Uh, was it Brianna Anderson? Definitely at every game. And uh, who's the one that had uh, Brianna Anderson's back? Uh, that was um, Lucas Giolito's wife. Yes, it was. Wife. It was when and, they ha- they had a little dust up with uh, was it Tommy Canley's? Uh, no, it was not Tommy Canley's. It was a different one. Oh, that Anthony Swarzak. Swarzak's wife. Yeah. 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 Saying some kind of, kind of some questionable racist stuff, but yeah. these girls, these women have their men's backs, and they won't tolerate any n- nonsense going on in their timeline. So it's good to have that. And Teresa Keiko fits right in there as Dallas Keiko's mom. I like the attitude. I like she's setting the tone. Her son said she <laughs> he ain't coming here because he's been used to the playoffs. Pretty much his uh, all his late career, yep. and he ain't coming here just to be sitting at the crib. And that's everybody's attitude. It feels good. Timmy's like that. Even Rick Renteria is like that. He's like, playoffs or bust. We got to get to the playoffs or it'll be a big disappointment. I like to talk. I feel it. I feel like it's – I hope it's not too late. I know they've got a lot of things printed, but you know the change the game motto I think should be changed to playoffs or die, bitches. And, you know, break Teresa Keichel off with a, with a little, you know, bonus for, for, for the motto. And uh, let's put her on the list of, of guests that we'll never get on the podcast, but someone we'd like to talk to is Teresa Keichel. So. Definitely. Um, and I'm sure the guys from the 108 or Dave at Barstool has already got the print and press going for those shirts. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we all like one, too. Double X for me. I don't know, Tandy, double X also? Yeah, still double X. We're working on it, though. For the price of on the house, guys. Thanks. Exactly. Well, we're still waiting on shirts from Dave. Uh, I don't think we'll ever oh, get that's those. Oh, like, that's like five years with Rick Hahn shirts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, the hell, Dave? Yeah, come on. We, I like those Death of the Rebuild shirts, though. I, I've never actually seen them in person, but I, I like the design. But anyway, so her son, Dallas, uh, we're only going to refer to Dallas Keuchel as Teresa's son uh, the rest of the way here. Uh, Teresa's son made his first start in the Cactus League this week. Pretty much what you'd uh, expect. He didn't get shelled or anything. Four innings pitched, six hits, one run, one strikeout. Just good enough for a loss uh, for the Sox, who only scored one run that day. But lots of ground balls, lots of balls put in play. Uh, Productive, though. uh, Pretty much a good indicator of what we're going to see all year from Dallas Keuchel. Excuse me, from Teresa's son. Um, Any concerns from you about just the the style of play that's going to have to take place behind Teresa's son this year and for the Sox to be successful. I, do you trust the infield to, to have his back with all these balls in play? 
The only thing I worry about is Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson and whoever the second baseman is for the first couple of months because we know now for probably they're not going to have Madrigal and his uh, gold glove in the minors up on the major league stage. Tim led the league in errors last year. He acknowledged as much on a tweet today. And if he can make the jump that he made offensively from 2018 to 2019 on defense from 2019 to 2020, I have no problems, but I just have a sinking feeling that you just don't get better at defense, especially with the airs. He gets the more balls than more than any shortstop. I think, I don't know if the specific number is that, uh, if he is the best, but I know he has a lot of range and he'll get to balls that other people would not even come close to. So that's the, the blessing and the curse. I just want him to know, especially with Teresa's son out there, he needs to just make the right play. Sometimes the right play is eating it. He thinks he can make every play, and sometimes making every play is not the right go. So he needs to be smart out there and not change his game on the aggressive side, but also know that Dallas is going to get you another ball. If that guy reaches on an infield single, cool. 60% 60% ground ball rate last year for Dallas Keiko. He'll get you another one. So sometimes put that in your back pocket and let's work for the next guy. Don't get the guy into scoring position with a bad air and throw. Yeah, and that's, you know, you hear a lot of comps to Mark Burley, and it was it's a real similar style uh, the way he goes about it other than just being left-handed but pitching to contact. And Mark Burley was the king of that. Like, you know, a guy would make an error behind him. Just shrug it off. You know, I, I haven't watched Dallas Keuchel pitch, uh, excuse me, Teresa's son pitch enough uh, to know whether or not he's one of those guys where just tell a guy to shrug it off or if he'll, you know, sort of make a face at a guy if he boots a ball. But Timmy's been going hard. He's been real adamant about, hey, I'm putting in work in these backfields. You guys can't see it, but I'm out here trying to improve. And like you said, a lot of those balls where he's just going to have to make a decision like, okay, let me just put this one in my back pocket. I'd like to think maybe that with these years of experience starting to add up a little bit, he knows his limitations, he knows what he can do, what he can't do, the balls he can get to. A lot of them I feel like he gets to a ball and then he makes an overthrow, you know, like it, I, you know, it's one mm-hmm. of those weird things or he'll make an error by a simple like, you know, you know, misjudging a hop in the infield, you know, like a, like a just something a timing play. You know, he'll he'll boot a ball that way. So hopefully with experience, those errors will come down a bit. I you know, I'm a big Tim Anderson fan. He puts the work in and I think just with experience and just work ethic, I think defense is one of those things where you can get better at it just by putting the work in, putting in the extra time. And it certainly seems like he's doing that. So that's one of those things Tim Anderson's going to have to be better defensively in order to make the uh, Teresa Sun thing work out for the White Sox this year. Teresa Sun is going to be probably the second starter for the White Sox, so he's very valuable. He'll be getting the second most starts on the year. So if Timmy's working on his defense, I know Yoan solid. I just don't know about that second base position. And, of course, Jose is a butcher over there as far as refielding the ball. He's not a great first baseman. Um, this is the problem I feel with uh, having Dallas Keuchel on the team. I would sometimes substitute Jose and Encarnacion for, you know, putting Jose at DH and Encarnacion out there in the field because looking at the metrics, it looks like Encarnacion is better 
even the limited time that he has been a first baseman. No doubt. So in the next episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the performances we've seen other than Teresa's son in the spring, what we like, what we don't like. And real quick before we get out of here, uh, there was a tweet came out today from Scott Merkin who says that our mm-hmm. guy Ed Farmer uh, is going to miss the rest of spring training. He's going to come back home, I guess, and rest up from an ailment that he had during last season. And he, you know, is hopefully will be ready by the beginning of the season. But if not, um, you know, DJ and uh, Andy Mazur will be filling in for him. And we just wish uh, a speedy recovery on our guy, Farmio. Get your rest. This will all be here waiting for you whenever you're ready, but certainly something that, that you don't like to see. And it really, you know, just, it's, yeah, just ruined my day seeing stuff like that. But Farmer, he's a, he's a tough, he's a tough bastard, man. So I know he can fight through with whatever he's dealing with. And I'm sure you feel the same, Herbie. A hundred percent. The man had a uh, kidney transplant almost so over 30 years ago, and he's still battling through as a uh, survivor of that. And uh, one of the champions for, uh, uh, organ donation here in Illinois. And I, yeah, I echo your sentiments. Want Farmer to just stay at home and get well for as long as he needs to. And then when he needs to or wants to come back, the stage is his. It's all good. And when I go to, when we go to San Francisco on May 8th, I would love to see Ed Farmer there that day because it's in California. He lives in California, but in the southern uh, California area. I would love to see him there, but if he's not, uh, I hope he's just convalescing and getting back to the Ed Farmer we know he can be. And he's, you know, he's special. He's a good guy. And I know you White Sox fans, some of you don't like his style of broadcasting, but there's nothing better than an Ed Farmer off the air just telling you good stories and being the good guy that he is. No doubt about it, and as Farmer would say to to you know many Sox fans who he's mentioned kindly uh, over the years on the radio, we want to see you at back at the ballpark. That's what we want to see you at. We want to see you back at the ballpark, hopefully as soon as opening day. All right, I think that about does it for us tonight. Uh, like I said, next episode we're going to talk a little bit more about things we liked in spring training so far, guys that are off to nice starts. We can talk about the whole Luis Robert experience. I can't wait to talk more about Luis Robert. We'll talk about the starting rotation and how it appears to be aligned, how it's going to look the uh, first week of the season. So, Herb, you got anything else? No, I do not, Chris. It was good talking to you tonight. And if any of you guys want to follow us on Twitter, it is EctorWall23 for me. It is Chris Tannehill for him. The show is under Locked on Socks. Uh, Locked on Socks, both on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to send us an email for... Um, mailbag Monday. It is lockedonsocks at gmail.com. Lockedonsocks at gmail.com. For Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to Locked on Socks.